keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestle Roast, our big SummerSlam episode, the roast of the great one, The Rock. It's going to be quite a love letter of a show, a lot of fun stuff to talk about. As far as roast coming up, we got JBL next week, Lawrence Taylor, the Bella Twins, AJ Styles, and the Honky Talk Man, Scotty and Robert. How are you doing? I'm good. good. How are you, man? And Mike, I want to introduce you by you introducing what our spooky October roasts are going to be. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we're doing all spooky uh, stuff in October. Um, so uh, the ghost of QT Marshall's hairline, um, <laughs> Christian's potential. So lot, lots of uh, dead things. Um, now, we... Uh, this is what we've got for October. October 1st, we have the vampire himself, Gangrel. Oh, Vampiro's pissed that you said that. Um, but no one else is, so it's okay. <laughs> uh, October 8th, we have um, Hot Topic's favorite wrestler, Darby Allen. Whoa. The guy that, that you used to hate, Dan, but you, but you like him now, right? I like him now, man. His he's, he's, his in-ring work has uh, really won me over. October 15th, you're going to give this episode a hepatitis C plus. Abdullah the Butcher. Oh, man, that could have been a Cowboy Bob Orton episode, too. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Maybe, maybe we'll, we'll get Hannibal for that one, who, who sued him. Um <laughs> And then October 22nd, um, make like a doll and wink. It's Alexa Bliss we're doing. Excited about that. Excited for all you creeps out there going to be jerking off of that episode. And then October 29th, the monster himself, because he's a Republican mayor, Kane. The big red machine. He used to be a libertarian, but nobody in his home state knew what that meant. <laughs> Uh, as far or as uh, spell it. <laughs> it meant they it meant they lend you books, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> as uh, as far as um, as far as our Patreon rose, we got a big show coming up this Monday. We got the best deal on Patreon. We're going to be talking about the first ever TNA pay per view. I tweeted a link to you guys. I made the boys watch this week. It is it's it's basically the closest thing you'll see in wrestling to a hillbilly wedding. It is uh, <laughs> on the count of three guys. One, two, three. Fuck you, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> We're also going to be reviewing rampage uh, from this, this coming Friday, because it's a good chance CM Punk's going to be on it. And if it's not, if he's not, it's going to be even more fun to review. <laughs> like just the 13,000 people in Chicago, just like fucking 
rioting during a goddamn Garcia match. <laughs> so the, the fun thing about the so just real quick, the fun thing about the TNA pay per view uh, for those of you listening is Impact watched this and then uploaded it onto their YouTube channel, encouraging you to go back and revisit the first episode. Uh, it's available for free on their YouTube page. And somebody in the brain trust of Impact thought, yeah, this is something we should really make sure fans watch. I mean, I think it's just like interesting, like when the Smithsonian, like you see what the first planes look like, you know, and you're like, this killed all the pilots, but it looks weird, huh? And, and it's amazing because one of the strippers in a cage is named Kitty Hawk. So oh my God, I totally <laughs> forgot about the cage. Scott, have you seen it yet? No, I have not. Oh, my God. Oh, well, don't don't spoil it for you. You're going to love it. You, August yeah. 30th, uh, we got the roast of Vince Russo in the reverse battle royale at TNA. September 6th, we're off. September 13th, we're doing all the bright sides we didn't get to. Bret Hart, Goldberg, the Hardy Boys, the Million Dollar Man, Big Show, Shane McMahon, and Baron Corbin. Uh, September 20th and 27th, one will be the WWE pay-per-view, one will be WrestleMania 2. October 4th, the roast of Alberto Del Rio, October 11th, Halloween Havoc 1993, that's Cactus Jack versus Big Van Vader, October 18th, Wrestling's Darkest Crimes. October 25th uh, will most likely be whatever WWE pay-per-view it is. And November 1st, the roast of Nick Gage. But today, we are talking about probably the biggest star, well, definitely the biggest star wrestling has ever produced. We're not covering Nick Gage today. The Rock. (laughs) Robert, let's start out. The bright side of The Rock. What do you love about The Rock? I mean, how much time do we have? Uh, oh, you're, you have your Rock Says book? In I found my, my Rock Says book with the Borders 30% off sticker to really show how old I am. <laughs> this book should not be in the bright side. That book's a little rough. But Oh, that book is terrible. And the name of the actual author scrubbed off of it, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, James Patterson. <laughs> hey, he loves a good Patterson, right? Uh. Yeah, no, I, I think The Rock is the the quintessential prototype for what you ever wanted as a as a wrestler. He can deliver in the ring. He's probably the best ever on promos, or one of the best ever. He's the single biggest transition star to go from wrestling to mainstream, and he's universally beloved. I mean, he's one of those people where everyone for decades who shit on wrestling still loves the rock. He he's at that Tom Hanks level. He's probably going to wind up being president at some point in time. Uh, and that's not just blowing smoke. That's, that's pretty true. He's delivered in everything they've ever put him in. Um, he, he, he was a fantastic heel. He was a fantastic baby face. He had so many memorable moments. I mean, even just, they used him to, elevate other guys the debut of Jericho was one of the biggest moments in wrestling history because it was Jericho in there with with the rock it was that that idea that Bruce always talks about of sprinkling Hulk dust on someone with the exception of Billy Gunn you put anybody in there with the rock and you're going to get a memorable magnetic segment um he was Robert I would say that even his complete burial of Billy Gunn uh is a bright side of the ring oh yeah but the but my name's Billy promo alone is is fantastic he made he made chicken salad out of chicken shit for so long this is why Vince could never create a baby face after Steve Austin and The Rock 
it's because these two guys were so natural and so charismatic and made this easy that you could give them stuff like things we're going to talk about later on the show. And they're still going to make it a mainstream memorable thing where you could sit someone down who doesn't like wrestling. They can watch a rock match. They can watch a rock promo and they're going to be entertained. Scotty. The Austin and rock are also great examples of if you want a great baby face, just have them be a heel. Uh, the rock is a fucking heel, you know, thick and thin. And, and the only reason I know this is because I was big on the rock when I believed in wrestling. Uh, and I hated him because I loved stone cold, Steve Austin. Uh, even to the point there's a segment we're going to talk about later and it was the rock and sock connection. I loved Mick Foley so much and I hated the rock so much as a kid that reading in Foley's book, uh, his issues with the rock made me happy. Like I, I was a stone cold dude love kid because of my allegiance to stone cold. Looking back at it, I can see the value in him, but I genuinely, I remember being a kid and going to a show with my uncle and chanting Rocky sucks. And my uncle yelling at me about it. Uh, I was adamantly against him. And now, you know, obviously I know what everybody knows. He's Mount Rushmore every time um, in, in terms of promos, in terms of, dude, in ring, he's so unique. Nobody moves like The Rock moves. Nobody spoke like he spoke. Like, I don't necessarily think he's the best promo or best in ring, but nobody else sounds or did what he did. It, it's completely like in its own thing it, it, it's it's it, it's its own life it's it's strange and it like rarely happens in entertainment not just wrestling i think he is this thing that rarely occurs like i mean me and mike we said the same thing in a text to each other the other day at the same time he's this generation's arnold schwarzenegger uh and he's probably more famous than arnold it's just i'm saying that because i'm of a, of a generation that had arnold but he's one of the most recognizable faces and i don't mean in terms of face as a wrestling baby face i mean there's like, you know, Charlie Chaplin, Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan, The Rock. Like, like there's faces that if you show a picture in any country, they're going to go, oh, that's this person's name, you know? Uh, yeah, huge deal, huge deal. Scott, uh, who did Charlie yeah, Chaplin beat? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't even beat McCarthy. <laughs> Statutory rape charges. Yeah. Um. Zach, uh, does my microphone sound better now? I think it was off of Snowball earlier. I think it sounds fine, yeah. What do you like about The Rock, Zach? Uh, he always sounded good on the mic. Uh, his mic levels were always perfect uh, every time. <laughs> and uh, no, I mean, that's I'm actually of the same generation of Scott where I was always a Stone Cold kid. So I agree that where other heels it was not as believable as the rock being such an asshole in every way that he was and it was and looking back on it you can appreciate that better than most uh and yeah he's the biggest star in the world undoubtedly mike lawrence i think that um you know uh, a word that that scott used that i think is really important is rare um in the sense that people are always like they want the attitude era again. They want these specific, they want new talent to be like these stars, but it really was, I think, uh, lightning in a bottle. Um, you look at the way that the rock came up and you look at the way that stone cold came up and they couldn't be any different. You know, one guy was a journeyman wrestler. 
uh, you know, was in these other companies. And the other guy is, I'd say The Rock is the best homegrown talent that the WWE has ever had. He didn't do any other territories or anything. He was a system guy that they they built from the ground up, you know, trained by like Tom Pritchard and Patterson and these guys. And he just got it. But I think the thing that is, you know, that you can say about The Rock and Stone Cold that 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 ties them together and maybe a reason why we don't have as many stars now, um, regardless of whether they're at this caliber, is they pivoted. They were smart. Like, he was Rocky Maivia. People said, die, Rocky, die. And they let him fight his way out of it. They let him build himself up. You know, Austin was the ringmaster, and they let him find himself. And I think that if there's anything missing from modern WWE in a way that I, I think was so much better back then was that they let these guys fight for themselves. You know, I think the rock came out of Dwayne Johnson, the guy's genuine animosity for the fans who screamed that they wanted him to fucking die. You know, uh, you know, one of Foley's best promos ever was Kane Dewey <laughs> in ECW. And I think, yeah, the attitude era that you had the rock that you had, Austin that you had fully these are not common guys like the most common guy from the attitude era is is Triple H and we all saw how well he did without all those other dudes so um there's something really special about you know the rock I think that whatever it was he was able to make that work like you guys said, as a crossover star, whatever fans liked about him, whatever we connected to, he's able to sexism and homophobia. I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking about the rock, not, not Kevin Hart, his friend. Um, but you know, it's like that he's able to be in these family movies that he's able to be in your hard R rated movies that I, I think, and the way that he paid his dues in wrestling, you know, he did it again in movies. You know, he was in the fucking Mummy Returns for 10 minutes. He was in Be Cool for 20. Like, the guy earned everything. And and people liked him and they wanted more. And then they got more and they were happy with it. And I think there's just something, yeah, special about him. Um, the president thing, you know, uh, <laughs> is interesting. That may or may not happen. It it wouldn't surprise me uh, if it does. But uh, why would you want to, man? I mean, I Schwarzenegger, you know, he stayed around as governor for too long, and because of that, like, you know, he didn't have the resurgence in movies he wanted. So I think that that's going to be in Rock's yeah. mind. I think yeah. one of the interesting things with the Rock, and I, and again, because like Scott was talking about, you know, when you were young and the Rock was, it was still real to you. Damn it, um, I remember when he hosted Saturday night live, how nervous I was as a wrestling fan, because I'm like, this is a chance for an actual wrestling character to break out and people see this and be like, Oh, this is really talented and, and, and excellent. So when he went on there and he blew the doors off on that first SNL appearance, like as a fan, I felt proud. I was like, this is, this is a win for us. This is great. This is, all the, you know, the mainstream people who judge pro wrestling as an art form are now seeing there is value to the, the athletes and the performers that are there. And, and I'm curious if you guys remember when he was on SNL and, and had that same sort of feeling, I guess. Yeah, he got yeah. that Chris Kattan dust. 
Yeah, he was on there, and even then, Triple H was trying to take his moment. <laughs> well, it was it was the whole main event of WrestleMania 2000. Yeah, I won't yeah. stand for this Triple H hate anymore. <laughs> no, and I won't. The, the last thing I'll say about The Rock, which is a genuine compliment as a, as a video game nerd, he's so fun to play in games. Oh, yeah. And you realize how special he is when you play in games. Like, you know, that he made everything count, like, when he stomps on you and the way that he like shakes his leg before that last stomp, the way that, you know, that last punch that he does, the, you know, the fucking, the people's elbow is a very silly move. It is a hundred percent charisma and it does fucking work. <laughs> also, know? nobody sold a stunner better than the rock. No. I mean, yeah, I mean he was that's... very generous in terms of that. Yeah. And then they would do it on house shows. I mean, you could just put the rock and, and Austin out there for the dark match segment give them nothing and they're going to entertain the crowd for 15 20 minutes yeah there's it's... olympic gymnasts whose routine was just the rock selling a stunner <laughs> oh, no no don't we're getting to max caster territory here pull it back oh, we're okay i didn't say a name i didn't say a name okay okay Mike, roast of larry me? nasser coming next yeah. week <laughs> um no i'm gonna i'm gonna just gonna run through all the accolades of the rock corporate rock i thought was fantastic and his feud with austin the nation of domination rock hollywood rock this was when he came back as a heel and you could tell he loved doing it the Shoot best titan tron ever i would say is hollywood rock that it's, it's pretty it's pretty amazing yeah it's pretty amazing <laughs> we got uh, him and austin, out of that b-roll footage for like eight years after there was there was a digi beta of just that and plug it in sorry sorry tell no us worries. about how good the rock is so we know uh him and austin have the best wrestling package of all time my way for wrestlemania 17 with the limp biscuit made limp biscuit good uh nobody <laughs> got a bigger pop from the crowd besides maybe austin uh i would and hogan all right i'd say that those are the only two guys that are in that uh, as far as matches brock at summerslam triple h ladder match at summerslam Austin at 17, Austin at 19, Hogan at 18. The I Quit match with Foley at the Royal Rumble. Rock, Angle, and Hunter at SummerSlam. Uh, Backlash, Rock, Austin, Judgment Day, Triple H, and Rock for that Iron Man match, which, you know, nobody thought was going to work, and it was awesome. Uh, highest rated Raw in history. He's part of the most bought pay-per-view, which is WrestleMania 28. Inducted uh, Ken Shamrock to the Impact Hall of Fame, which, and, and shout out Ricochet. And the reason I bring those two things up is those are things he didn't have to do and he did it. Um, he made Vin Diesel look like a bitch recently by doing absolutely nothing. I think he could have made it in UFC, which is a crazy thing to say, but you know, yes, like, it is, Dan. Yes, it is. Continue. No, I'm seriously. Like, we'll get Mark Hunt and all these. You know, he's got like, I don't know, man. I mean, the guy was a, you know, like, okay, maybe he wouldn't have been a huge, like, big guy, but if Greg Hardy made it, you know, who was a, who was you know, a test for steroids in, in UFC? This is, well, it depends on which UFC number we were at. Now they do. <laughs> okay. uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrator, Wrestler of the Year, 2000. Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, 2007. Eight-time WWE Champion, two-time WCW Champion, two-time Intercontinental Champion, five-time Tag Champion, five-time WrestleMania Main Event, Royal Rumble winner, CinemaCon 2012 Action Star of the Year, 2013 Kids' Choice Awards winner, 2015 Man of the Century from Muscle and Fitness, Mr. Olympia Icon Award, People Magazine Sexiest Man Alive, Hollywood Walk of Fame, People Choice Award, Award, NAACP Image Award, Teen Choice Award, one of Time's 100 Most Influential People in the World, MTV Movie Generation Award, the fourth most followed Instagram celebrity in the world, 
uh, and uh, the Dwayne the Rock Foundation. And, you know, seems like a genuinely loyal guy. I mean, you know, you look at like uh, his relationship with his ex-wife and, uh, you know, and the fact that she married his personal trainer and they're all they're all cool. And, and his ex-wife is running his damn company, you know, as a child of divorce. Uh, as Mike is, uh, it's nice to see divorced people getting along. God damn it. Stop yelling. Sorry. My dogs are going nuts. Um, that's usually how divorced people get along, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, there's, there's just, there's really, we could do an entire, you know, um, we, we could, we could, we could do an entire hour on how great the rock is, but the most important fact, the only wrestler whose acting has not been criticized by Scott Chaplin. I Yet. think that. Yes. <laughs> Number one. Well, we yeah. do. You think he's a great actor, Scott? Um, great actor. I mean, I enjoy the movies, but, you know, for what they are, like, I, I, I think they're very, like, silly and hokey and kind of cheesy. And, yeah, when I'm in the mood for that, for sure. Yeah. You put he's some respect than Char- on Charles and Tails. <laughs> I would say better. I I'd, I'd say better than Charles Bronson. Not as good as Bruce Willis. Somewhere in the middle <laughs> of those two guys. Yeah, no, you're never gonna beat beat Willis and 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 the Mel Gibsons of the world. You know. Yeah, if Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad had a baby during Jingle All the Way, <laughs> you get the Rock, <laughs> which the Big Show's also in. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! You're right. Oh well. That's a, that's a teaser for later in the episode, guys, for our Dynamite or Dud review. But The Rock and Austin, man, I mean, those are the two guys that, you know, like when you when you ask like Olympic athletes, like who their favorite wrestlers are, it's, it's those two guys still. So. Oh, man. Yeah. Remember that when they were showing that on Raw and SmackDown? It, it was like, you know, Olympic athletes on the WWE and they were like, my, and, and that's all they kept saying. My favorite wrestler is Stone Cold Steve Austin and the rock. And it's like Olympic athletes are 17 years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, it, it does kind of say like, you know, the answer wasn't Roman. The answer wasn't Kenny. The answer wasn't even John Cena. You know, it was, it was those two guys. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we blew enough smoke up the rocks ass. I think it's time to roast the motherfucker. It's time for the roast of Dwayne, the rock Johnson, Robert, Go for it. All right. <clears throat> Jim Ross talks about when he first met The Rock, he only had seven bucks in his pocket, which impressed JR because $7 means you're rich in Oklahoma. <laughs> the Rock is a member of the famous Samoan dynasty, a fact Vince McMahon didn't know because Dwayne always wore shoes. <laughs> the Rock has, a, has an NBC sitcom about his life. And you just know Pat Patterson would have spent hours and hours watching a show called Young Rock. (laughs) (laughs) Triple H famously mocked The Rock in a DX segment. It was upon seeing Hunter in blackface that Stephanie first fell in love with him. (laughs) (laughs) The Rock's finishing move is the people's elbow. People's elbow is what Vince McMahon suffers from whenever he has to shake a fan's hand. (laughs) (laughs) The Rock faced mankind in an empty arena match or as TNA calls it, a match. (laughs) The Rock always talked about eating pie, which was a euphemism for vagina, much to the chagrin of fat kids everywhere. (laughs) Guess getting an STD was safer than getting diabetes. (laughs) This is my attempt at a Scott joke. The Rock left the WWE for Hollywood, though after seeing how cheesy those movies were, you should change his name to the graded one. (laughs) The graded one. Several years ago, the WWE accidentally let The Rock's contract lapse. 
imagine being that lawyer. We no longer have the rock sign, but good news, we got Snitsky. (laughs) (laughs) The rock seamlessly transitioned to a career in Hollywood since both worlds are built on lies, politics, and like his match with Goldberg, having to do a job for Jews. (laughs) Rocky Maivia had some great matches, but never faced Sid. Sid wasn't willing to do the job, even though everyone knows Rock beats scissors. <laughs> do you smell what the Rock is cooking? It's a great catchphrase, but it feels weird to talk about a wrestler cooking Rock and it not involving Jake Roberts. <laughs> rock was part of the WrestleMania 30 segment with Steve Austin and Hulk Hogan, where Hogan had his most embarrassing verbal gaffe ever. <laughs> rock is going to be in his first DC movie as Black Adam, or as Jim Ross calls him, Adam. (laughs) This one's too mean. The Rock purchased the XFL since he had no lost cause to sink his money into after his father died. (laughs) (laughs) The Rock is going to be someday, is going to someday be president. So at least he's already used to hearing large group of people chant, die, Rocky, die. (laughs) And finally, The Rock is my favorite person living in Davie. Sorry, Mike. (laughs) <laughs> Robert Carpolis, everybody. Robert Carpolis. All right, I'll go up. Before Rock, the SmackDown Hotel was just a fun name for a women's shelter. <laughs> Some say that The Rock is nothing more than a few shitty catchphrases, and others are guys Rock's given trucks to. <laughs> he started in the Cotton Bowl, which sounds like the game slaves play in Jackson Riker's backyard. <laughs> He starred in Skyscraper, where he played a one-legged man who saves his family. So basically, Carrie Von Eric with a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> like Vin Diesel, The Rock kicked ass, and like Paul Walker, he knew when to exit a franchise. <laughs> People love his movies. In fact, Jerry Waller credits Moana for saving his marriage. <laughs> It's hard to shit on The Rock. I mean, Doom was a bomb, but it certainly wasn't the first time a wrestler lost money fighting demons. They should have just cast Jake Roberts and they could have filmed the entire thing at a La Quinta Inn. (laughs) Ballers is for guys too dumb for Entourage. (laughs) He starred in Snitch, which I thought was about Hulk Hogan and the wrestling union. He wanted to better understand his dad, so he got a degree in criminology. (laughs) <laughs> I, I do wish Rock switched his catchphrases up. What's your name? Eugene. It doesn't matter what your name is. He's got Down syndrome, Dwayne. <laughs> Jesus Christ, he answered the question. Give him a sticker or a balloon or something. The first time he heard Die, Rocky, Die were from his mom's prayers before divorce courts. <laughs> he once wrestled his Flex Cavana which sounds like the name Triple H uses when he goes on secret gay vacations. (laughs) The Rock returned to fight R-Truth in The Miz, which is the wrestling version of Guns N' Roses dropping Chinese democracy. (laughs) It's kind of like the UN, all the races coming together to accomplish nothing of consequence. His boob job made him look like a transitioning champion. He produced (laughs) Fighting With My Family, which is ironic because he was produced from Fighting Within His Family. (laughs) he fought the first empty arena match back in the day when the only time a superstar worried about disease was when scott hall thought he got aids from wrestling gold dust (laughs) 
Never before has a Republican talked so much about the people. It's like Kane saying suck it while clutching his burned weenie. Or Kane also talking about the people. All right, that wasn't good. So this one's this this is probably the last thing. Seven bucks isn't just the name of Rock's production company, but the amount of money his dad paid that 14-year-old to keep her mouth shut. <laughs> and finally. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Yeah, rock. It's seven pounds of cod and 10 fucking egg whites. You disgusting weirdo. Of course, your personal trainer ate your wife's pussy. There was nothing left to eat. (laughs) That's it for me. Let's go. Mike Lawrence. Right. Today we are roasting the master of the rock bottom. No, not Dan St. Germain. We're roasting the great one. No, not you, Bret Hart. The actual great one, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. The biggest Johnson in wrestling that isn't between Batista's legs. <laughs> if The Rock isn't the biggest star in wrestling yet, he'll keep swallowing HGH flavored protein shakes till he gets there. <laughs> you can't smell what The Rock is cooking because anabolics don't have a scent. <laughs> he's related to Yokozuna, which is why he's always talking about pies and strudels, but is too afraid to eat them. <laughs> he's a massive dude you may not know this but his legs are actually uso twins <laughs> the rock is the people's champion not to be confused with john cena who is the people's republic's champion <laughs> you know i guess when he called cena a kung pao bitch he was telling the truth <laughs> Normally, we poke a lot of fun at the person we're roasting. We dig up a lot of dirt and shit on them as hard as we can. But since The Rock owns half of show business, I will not be doing that today. (laughs) I'm going to be lighter on him than Dan and Robert in a new Jack roast. (laughs) The punches I'm throwing at The Rock are going to have less impact than the people's elbow. (laughs) Am I going soft in the hopes I get a job on Young Rock? Yes. Have I sold out? I certainly hope that's what happens. (laughs) What's more narcissistic that he made a sitcom about three different stages of his life that he flashbacks to from a future in which he's president or that I think I'm up for a job I won't get because The Rock was listening to Russell Roast. (laughs) (laughs) He's hard to make fun of. Every insult about The Rock just makes me like him more. He left wrestling because he wanted to be famous. He runs a business with his ex-wife. He made Vin Diesel feel insecure about himself. These are things we should all aspire to, people. (laughs) (laughs) Wayne's a cool, humble guy that's very loyal to the people he loves. (laughs) Not every person we roast is a despicable piece of shit. There are some genuinely good human beings in wrestling. By the way, we're roasting JBL and Vince Russo next week. (laughs) He's so strong that he can deadlift Ronda Rousey through a WrestleMania promo. (laughs) If you don't fully know The Rock's backstory, then you are one of the millions and millions that have never watched his sitcom. (laughs) And I would gladly write for. Please hire me. Rock's dad was Rocky Johnson, a wrestler who was famous in his own right for being the Rock's dad. (laughs) Dwayne luckily became his own man, which is why his Wikipedia has a filmography and award section, and his dad's has a legal legal issue section. (laughs) (laughs) Only two good things Rocky Johnson did was having Dwayne and dying right before the speaking out movement hit wrestling. (laughs) Rocky Johnson's legal history is like that Doom movie. 
The Rock would rather pretend both don't exist. <laughs> the Rock joined the Calgary Stampeders and entertained the dozens and dozens of Canadian football fans. <laughs> he got injured and couldn't make it in Canadian football, so he did the next worst thing and became a pro wrestler. <laughs> Vince instantly knew he would be a star, which is why he had him job to Ken Shamrock in 1998. Way to pick a winner, Vince. <laughs> Vince wasn't sure he could give uh, The Rock the belt because he was half black, but then he realized he could because he's also half Samoan. <laughs> the Rock never forgets where he came from, which is why he'll always return to WWE and bury a promising young superstar. Did he pin Eric Rowan in six seconds? Yes, but look what it did for The Rock's career and no one else's. He you came said promising. What's that? You said promising. <laughs> <laughs> he came back to call Rusev a Chewbacca bitch. He cares. <laughs> he named his production company Seven Bucks because before wrestling, he famously only had seven bucks. I think a better name for the company could be, you know, you could just get a day job, Dwayne. <laughs> uh, he was the star of Ballers, which is literally just entourage on steroids. He cut some of the greatest promos of the late 90s and early 2000s. Then he tried to do those same promos again 10 years later, and they weren't as good. Well, you know what? That's your fucking fault for getting older. CM Punk has a Snickers on his butt because he's a candy ass. If you don't think that's funny, that's on you. Don't see that he could get the upper hand on him, but wasn't ready to be called a box of fruity pebbles. That's right. You mess with a scorpion king, you're gonna get stung. <laughs> and Rock, if you were offended by any of my jokes, I just want to say I'm sorry. I hope you still consider me for a writing job. And please don't blame me. I did this for Rikishi. <laughs> oh, Mike Warrens, that was great. Ooh, you can check out his jokes on Love Island. Next up. <laughs> Chaplin, everybody. Scott Chaplin. Ah, The Rock. In 1998, between a rock and a hard place was the space between Dwayne Johnson and Pat Patterson's erection for him. <laughs> he got the catchphrase, know your role and shut your mouth from his dad's wedding vows. <laughs> He's only the most electrifying man in all of sports entertainment because Snooka never got the electric chair. <laughs> Fast and Furious, Rampage, Doom. Are these Dwayne's movies or his father's moods? <laughs> the Rock is cooking, said British Bulldog as he took a hit before making an entrance at Wembley Stadium. <laughs> Candy ass. Uh, what are things I'd write in a suggestion box at Wonka's Chocolate Factory? <laughs> the Rock's posted so many gym photos. His veins are vain. He's 50% Samoan and 50% Barama Bull testosterone. The Smackdown Hotel. You know, going down Know Your Roll Boulevard on the corner of Jaboni, Jabroni Drive is also where Virgil tries to sell autographs. <laughs> his private jets have fucked the planet worse than that time Jake Roberts stuck his dick in an ant hole. <laughs> uh, the Rock's sideburns were on his face. Marty Jannetty's sideburns because he fell asleep in the sun. 
<laughs> In WWE, the rules of rock, paper, scissors are simple. Scissors cuts paper and Austin beats rock. Uh, and finally, if the rock is ever on Raw again, he'll be doing it for the million and uh, just over a million <laughs> of the rocks fans. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Scott. The rest of the rock. Great job, guys. Those are great. Rocky. Today, we are going to, instead of, instead of Ain't That Swell or Show in Hell, we're going to do a segment called Ain't That Swell or Show in Hell. And we're going to decide whether or not The Rock, This Is, this is Your Life, was good or bad. Uh, so far, it's a big Ain't That Swell for me. I, I loved it. I thought, uh, look, I, did I think it went too long? Sure. Yeah. But, um, you know, I mean, it was like, uh, it, it was insanely entertaining for how weird, like kind of lame of a vehicle it was. Like, if you need any proof of that, like there was that Alexa Bliss, Mickey James, where they like, or maybe it was just Alexa Bliss. They did the This Is Your Life thing. And I like I Alexa a lot. Bailey. Just, it, it was with Bailey. It was horrible. Bailey. Yeah, it was horrible. And, and I like Bailey a lot. So um, the only thing that it, watching this is uh, I really wish he had rock bottomed one of the old people um and uh yeah man i mean i just i, th I thought it was uh, i thought the funniest actually part of it was either the guy bringing out the cake who looked like just like if divorce became a guy or um or at the very end of it uh hunter getting caught in balloons if you guys didn't see it like hunter runs to the ring with a sledgehammer and he gets caught in <laughs> balloons, but no, it's a big, it's a big, uh, ain't that swell for me. Well, we'll start with Robert, Robert, w w yay or nay thumbs up or thumbs down on this. Normally when he gets caught in balloons, it's cause he's titty fucking stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Do you ever, remember when the rock said that the rock was like something about, uh, one of his lines was sticking 50 balloons up Stephanie's ass. That was a random <laughs> comment he made. I remember. Anyway, um, the, the, the this is your life. I think it's both, um, depending on how you look at it. I think this was the perfect example of you give him something and he's going to make the most of it. Uh, this segment went insanely long. Uh, I know there's stories out there about how this just it cannibalized the rest of this show from a production end. I can imagine people going absolutely nuts. Kind of. I feel like it's 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 to have the same thing like oh no you're throwing off our timing but you're the two biggest stars that we have at this point we may lose that kai and tie match later like giving the fans what they want yeah. worked yeah robert i'm glad you brought that up because vince russo guy who we're going to be definitely taking to the woodshed next week uh he was like really angry that it went over and i'm like oh they didn't have time for your skull fuck big shows mom segment you know like like what other thing <laughs> Did you think was going to have like pepper being cremated? What the fuck else were you doing on this show? The, yeah, Pritchard hates this segment for that. He Pritch said that this yes. went 14 minutes over the slotted time. Good. The best part yeah. of it is listening to Jim Ross try to do commentary during it because he's clearly checking. He's like, well, that's, that's the rocks football coach. Glad we got him out there. Like it's the first time you start seeing AEW Jim Ross on television is somewhere <laughs> in the middle of this and it always bothered me more than anything else that the girl they cast to be the rock's high school girlfriend was not remotely attractive. When you compare her to the rock, 
And I feel like that's something that would have gotten caught later on. Like that would have pissed Vince off more than this going 20 minutes. Like Dwayne could have got somebody better than her in high school. Like that would have bothered him more than anything else. <laughs> but I, think it's, I think it's amazing in 99 that they got someone to look like Sonny now. <laughs> What's yeah, she going to do every, now that OnlyFans is gone? Like she put her girl, back in jail. Every girl that appeared on WWE that didn't have like a speaking role that like wasn't Sable uh, was Pritchard obtainable. <laughs> Where do you think they got them? It was girls that Pritchard picked up from the local strip club. Here's $20. Don't say anything and stand here. That's where they got the old lady, too. But he, you know what? He said all of his catchphrases. The fans were happy. It went way too long. But who, you know, who gives a fuck? It's one of those segments where you remember it now and you see it in like these little 30-second, one-minute video packages and go, oh, this was great. When you go back and watch the entire thing, it's a slog. Huge slog, yeah. Foley is awesome in it, just to like yeah. acknowledge him. God damn, man. I mean, Dude, he's so talk, good. Talking about the rock on the mic, what Foley is doing in that segment is is so impressive. He he's you know, he's an all-timer for me too. Uh yeah, man, it went long. A, a thing with the rock that always bothered me is the idea of what he is doing is awesome. Like the rock and that character and those catchphrases he said and, you know, speaking the way he spoke is so cool. Um, it's the repetition of it that bothers me. It, it seems like it, it kind of took him over where every rock segment feels kind of the same. Uh, this is different people walking out, but you're getting the same result every time. And it takes 30 minutes and, I, I, you know, at, at the end of the day, the actual content of what he's saying is just what he says to everybody. And I think that's a major issue I always had with The Rock. Uh, and, um, and, and this segment, yeah. Mike, were you uh, a thumbs up or thumbs down on this segment? Remember, you are applying to ride for Young Rock season <laughs> three at this point or two or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, uh, I'm going to accept that I'm not getting hired. <laughs> uh, I, I don't love this segment. You know, here's, here's the thing. Like I, I've said before, um, I did not watch it this time. I was out of wrestling during the Attitude Era. And when I go back and I watch stuff like this, it makes me okay with that. Because, yeah, it's so long. It's, I think the actual time is like 23, 24 minutes. You know, like you could watch a Seinfeld in the, the amount of time of this segment. And there's only like five like sentences. Like if you had to explain the whole thing, there's so little that happens for how long it is. Like you, you can't deny how over he is. You can't deny how much uh, chemistry him and Foley have, but it just doesn't go anywhere. Um, like Scott said, the repetitiveness of it. Uh, yeah. The, <clears throat> It's, it's, you know, look, man, it's hard to watch some of this shit in 2021 when the he's mad at the girl because she only went to second base and he calls her a skank and then everyone repeats that and also calls her a skank. Which isn't even correct, right? <laughs> That's not what a skank is. No. <laughs> All right, keep going. No, they just hated women. Um, yeah. This is, yeah, I mean, but there there is memorable parts <laughs> of this. Yurple the Clown. Is funny, and I also think it's amazing that this is like a twenty-three minute segment, and there's a cake, and the cake doesn't end up on anybody. I think it's the only wrestling segment I've ever seen where they just take the cake away at the end. 
I mean, it ended up on Percy Pringle after the segment. That's for sure. <laughs> but I, I wanted to say from a um, historical point, I looked up the results of this show. And this is, yeah, this is like vintage Russo. Um, here's the matches from this. This was the September 27th Raw. And by the way, I think this is still, this is individually the highest rated segment in Raw history, right? It got like yeah. over 8 million. Yeah. Um, so we have the big show uh, defeating Chris Jericho by DQ in two minutes and three seconds. D'Lo Brown defeats Steve Blackman by DQ in one minute and 46 seconds. Kane and X-Pac defeat the New Age Outlaws by DQ in two minutes and 23 seconds. May Young and the Fabulous Moolah defeat Ivory in a two-on-one handicap evening gown match. Your longest match of the night so far at two minutes and 53 seconds. Oh, my God. China and Deborah defeat Jeff Jarrett and Tom Pritchard in one minute and 11 seconds. And your main event, The Rock defeats Triple H by DQ in a WWF championship match in seven minutes and 15 seconds. Um, you can look back at the Attitude Era and you can defend it and you can love it. That sounds horrible to me. <laughs> Yeah, that's it's, brutal. I, mean, that, I, I think we were lied to. I think we're misremembering things. It's unfortunate. Well, no, when you compare it to the Shanky segments that we got on Raw this week, <laughs> I, I will take an Ivory against Moolah and May Young minute and a half match any day of the week than any segment that I watched hey, on Raw. Hey, you know, Raw, Raw was rough this week, but NXT was great. And Dynamite, I thought, was even better, which means it's time for our segment Dynamite or Dud. Was there music supposed to play after? Why was there? Oh, and Dan oh, said there was. Yeah, was it's actually my mind. favorite segment. Leave Dan hanging. <laughs> <laughs> hour one. We're gonna break this down by hour. Uh, Moxley and Kingston come out, and it's a swerve because they're attacked by T 2.0 and Danny Garcia. Texas Tornado match 2.0 versus Sting and Darby Allen. Sammy Guevara versus Sean Spears. Hey. Shout out to Sammy Guevara. Congratulations, Sammy Guevara, friend of the show on getting engaged. Don Callis backstage with Christian. Dan Lambert Mania. Jericho backstage. Jurassic Express first the Young Bucks. And a promo with Britt Baker. Mike, what do you think about this first hour? This was pretty great uh, for the most part. Um, there was a lot of energy. Um, that Sting and Darby match versus two point. I don't think you get better than that in terms of a quick, you know, still longer than the main event of a 99 raw, um, making Dude, the double everybody scorpion lock was awesome. Yeah. The double scorpion lock, the, the, the no selling the table. It's so fun. You know, if they were, if they were up against opponents I cared about, maybe that would bother me, but these guys are chumps. And so it was great. Um, the Darby rail walk. That was amazing. Yeah, the, the Spears-Guevara uh, match, I'm a big Sammy fan. I don't think he's been on the show enough. This was a great showcase for him. Um, I like that, you know, unlike the, the Cody baby thing, it's like they announced the engagement, and then it, it was incorporated into the match. You know, Spears was a dick. Um, Tolly is the fucking best. I, I, I tweeted on our WrestleRoast that he looks like the uncle who becomes the magician when the magician doesn't show up. <laughs> uh, and uh, I mean, Dan Lambert uh, fucking sucks. Uh, I'm not a Dude, fan. It was this. a fun promo though. I thought it was a fun promo. 
it was yeah, awesome. it's just yeah, this promo was how we all sound to Scott is what this promo was. <laughs> how you guys sound. <laughs> but um yeah, how we also all look to Scott. But um dude, We're not like, all dressed like the crocodile hunter. I mean it's so funny that it's like he's with Nunez and Mazdaval in Miami, actual relevant current stars, right? And I'm not the biggest UFC fan, but I know that they're like active. Junior Dos Santos is a pretty big star. I mean, I know he's not, he's past the twilight. No, but he still was a big star at some point. And and Arlovsky was on Bully Beatdown, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which you know, speaking of JBL, but I, I think that this was, uh, and then um, the the Young Bucks match was fine. Uh, it's getting a little tiresome, the amount of interference and stuff, but it worked. And the, the fact that they're setting it up with the steel cage thing, I thought worked. But, oh, yeah, the yeah the Lambert thing, like I said, I'm not a fan. And then the men of the year come out and they attack Archer, but Lambert has goons and they don't do anything. It, it, it was just, that was that – was, that I did not love, love but yeah, – Yeah, and, and it's also – he did this in TNA a few years ago, the same gimmick. He's just – He's just yelling, like, dude. If he if he came out and brought out Max Caster, that would have been awesome because he's shitting on cancel culture and all that. The fact that Tony Khan is okay with this douche nozzle flabbing, <laughs> but you know, uh, the fucking like Max Caster is over there on eBay selling his pants. <laughs> the the acclaimed aren't even in this, you know, uh, tag team eliminator thing, and they were the number two team. So I've already been eliminated, cool. Mike. <laughs> scott what do you think of this first hour i thought it was fun man it's it's one of those things where i mean i i don't remember a a, a bad thing even remotely occurring in the first hour someone bring it up i might agree with you and you know uh, I, you know the one thing is I, I don't think they should have put a mic in front of dante martin oh i thought that was sweet and you know what what else it was it was cool because he he really did shine last week, and now he got to have a little moment after. I don't know. I I, I like. I liked it. I I, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. he's not great on the mic, but at least it. Didn't I thought exist Christian in the was good. I thought most of the stuff promos on this first hour were great. Yeah, yeah Callis and, and they great. showed clips from last yeah. week, so I thought it worked. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know. The first hour just had me and. Dude, it's one of those things. I mean, look, it's nowhere near attitude era in, in, in terms of at how many people are watching, but the feeling of just, oh, God damn, I, I wish I could be there. Yeah. Is insane. I mean, next week they're going to be in Milwaukee. And I'm like, I'd like to be in Milwaukee. <laughs> the first time yeah. I've ever thought that. So they're doing something that feels really cool. And I'm sleepy of a day of fucking work and running around. And then the show wakes me up. The stinger wakes me up, man. It's crazy. I didn't even watch fucking WCW, and I'm sitting there acting like I, I give a shit about this guy. It's awesome. Robert, what do you think of this first hour? I, God damn it. I, I love this first hour. Uh, I, it's like there's, there's so many things that I would probably want to pick apart, but at the end of the day, this was a, a fantastic 60 minutes of television for, for a wrestling show in front of a live crowd the audience elevated shit that shouldn't have worked and every segment made sense. And I was, I was surprised, you know, bringing Moxley and Eddie Kingston out there to have them get jumped. The crowd sings wild thing. They're all pumped up and excited. 
the 2.0 st- I love Everrise. I don't care. I, yeah, I, I think put them. Yes. Like them yes. I think I, yeah, I love them when they were Mike's in NXT. Wrong on this one. Mike's wrong. They were they were great when they did their little videos <laughs> online. They were perfect for Sting and Darby as the foils. I could have lived without JR and Tony Schiavone keep bringing up this is Sting's first match since 2001. It doesn't really help at all. You're pointing out like this dude is older than dirt and you haven't no, seen him since I the last night cool. show. I like that. They kept, but they kept bringing it up. Also, dude, I can't stand Bryce Renberg's dude, facial expressions. That dude, dude the only time JR stop. struck out big time in this first hour oh. was that first joke when he when he bombed with I've seen wrestling with shadows. This is fighting with shadows. Fight, fighting with shadows. Uh, I was like, you should be a Wrestle Roast host. I love the uh, the Sammy Guevara, Sean Spears. It was a great Sean Spears match. That jump up onto the top rope before he did the cutter was really cool. Uh, I didn't love the fact that it was two segments in a row where a guy jumps another guy, but fuck it, who cares? The crowd loved it. It was fun. The Christian Don Callis thing was, it, it was, there. they kept talking as if there wasn't a match like a week ago which I thought was kind of weird. Like it wasn't Christian. Like I beat your guy last week. It's like, you know, you're going to get your five-star match. We already saw them wrestle. We didn't get a five-star match. Move on. I like the Dan Lambert stuff a little bit. I thought it was fine. He was like, it was like Pete Rose with the, uh, I left tickets for Bill Buckner, but he couldn't pick them up. But then to, I mean, to your on, point, Pete like, Rose thing is like my favorite. Celebrity oh, I love the how about it. Thing. Like uh, I use that celebrity. in my real life all the time. It sucked though, that Archer comes out when they're like, you guys are all a bunch of pussies. And Archer's like, I'm going to come fuck you guys up. And then two guys that are shorter than me, one guy in a pink shirt, beat the fuck out of him. And he just sits there. And then they play his music. It just, it wasn't laid out. But I, I really enjoyed the Jurassic Express Young Bucks match. This was one of the most fun Bucks matches experiences for me, which surprised me. I like using I loved it. it. Yeah. I like the callback to Rampage. I like that it finished with them laying out Christian and Jurassic Express. This was vintage Attitude Era stuff of using your top talent to move the story forward to get people to buy a pay-per-view it made me so depressed thinking about how we watched three hours of raw that was so lifeless and dead when every one of these segments put in front of the crowd the audience was into it they understood the characters it was it was perfect and it's cool that this is where the show ended and we don't have to talk about anything else (laughs) wait also shout out to jr he was so good it sounded like he like they made him record his shit earlier in the day. It all sounded like sound bites. It was like he was. Yeah, so- no, it was really good. Besides that one line, it was really good. D- dude, he, when he was, he's like, "Big Magic Mike Lee." Yeah, Big Magic. If Moxley gets a hold of him, he might disappear. <laughs> can we great, can we admit man. that that one guy in Everize just looks like Bulldog off the juice? Oh, for sure. But hey, man, that's a healthy bulldog. Let's do this. <laughs> uh- <laughs> Be way better on the mic than Bulldog. Hour two. Dude, they rule. They're so funny. Them and Brandon Cutler, dude. Shout out to like Brandon jabronis that should be great. paid a lot of money for being jabronis. They are they are very good at what they do. That, that yeah, guy I will, I will definitely, though. I would definitely say, because I know this is segging into our next thing. You know, you got you got Cody had QT, the Bucks had Cutler, and Kenny had Nakazawa. Two out of three ain't bad. Hit it, Dan. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of two out of three, it's time to get into hour two. Uh, we start out with the factory having a uh, segment with the great Paul White and Tony Schiavone. Um, we have a Jade Cargill promo. We have the uh, Ricky Starks segment with Brian Cage and uh, Taz's stable. We have a promo backstage with Chavo and Andrade, Thunder Rosa, and Penelope Ford. At 930. Pro- Proc Anderson is 922. back, 922. 
a uh, John Moxley promo, which I thought was fantastic, and MJF versus Jericho, which uh, I thought was I thought was really good. Other than the fact that you know Jericho really wasn't selling the labors, I, I thought it was I thought it was great. Um, for me, you know, this started out kind of weak and then it ended strong. But Robert, what did you think of the second hour? I watched the first hour. I'm like, this is a really good show. Comes back from break and there's Matt Hardy. And I looked at the time like, up, oh, it's 901. Uh, we've officially <laughs> transitioned. Um, the big, the, look, obviously the big show QT Marshall match is my dream uh, that I've manifested between a dude that I hated working with and a guy who's made me love watching AEW. Uh, the, the QT Marshall expression on there was, was gold. The segment was, was he finally this, figured out a new face. Yes. One face. Uh, someone pointed out to me though, like if WWE did this segment a year ago, the, the audience would have shit on it, but because AEW did it, they love it. I'm like, yeah, because AEW has gained this sort of, loyalty from their fan base is the match going to be the worst thing ever probably but you know they showed big shows ass on television uh that taz hook Dude, ricky starks thing made. is obsessed with guys asses you know the paul white ass thing then he did remember cody he said i'm gonna wipe your ass no i'm gonna literally whip your ass <laughs> what scott said about it was amazing look i think that uh you know, the, the, the Taz stuff, it was weird because the crowd loves Taz. The crowd likes Ricky Starks. I don't think the crowd likes Brian Cage. This is the only segment that feels super WWE and that everyone is miscast and they will not change the trajectory. Uh, that death triangle segment was super awkward because they're talking and then Andrade just walks onto camera as if he wasn't standing a foot and a half away from him. Uh, Penelope Ford, Thunder Rosa was not great brock anderson has pure charisma and i can't wait to watch him get his head kicked off <laughs> and then moxley comes on there and i don't know what the fuck was going on but that was an awesome promo like this he suddenly realized oh i'm a main, i'm a main eventer uh i should probably remind you guys of that and get everybody excited and then i like the mjf jericho main event uh i, I think probably when we do high spot everyone's high spot's going to be the fans singing the jericho thing Yes, it was manufactured a little bit. You know, AEW tweeted it out. Jericho said it earlier, but it was a great fucking moment. I mean, it was a genuine, like, this is why you watch wrestling moment, though. It was weird that he doesn't get entrance music, but he still gets pyro. That pissed me off. That was a hey, weird little thing. Did you also see uh, they were announcing his name and he started moving his hands real quick, like, cut it, cut it. Yes, stop. yes. That, that, that was poor, awesome. The, yeah. the poor, uh, I think it was Dasha was out there. Uh, I loved when Jericho uh, or an MJF grabbed the camera. I thought that was a cool little moment. Jericho oh, punching yeah, like in the rock. It, it was, yeah, well, yeah, it was the like rock. the rock. Uh, the finish was kind of stupid. He's like, I'm okay with hitting you with a bat, but oh, I can't use the Judas effect because well, that would the, be, the but the referee was still wasn't looking. Oh, no, the she, well, oh wasn't, I didn't no. notice that. Oh, she hadn't turned, they hadn't turned around yet. And so when he lost, it was kind of like, you kind of look stupid, but I'm thrilled that Jericho won. I mean, sorry, that MJF won. I'm glad the announcers told the story of Jericho's worn down from all the labors, even if he wasn't really selling it. And at the end of the day, you put over a young talent that's going to be your top star. So that's a home run for me. Yeah, Mike, what do you think of the second hour? Yeah, I oh, mean, the, the Jericho not selling the labors, I mean, is the first time on WrestleRoast history we'll say, man, he didn't look out of shape enough. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree with that in some ways. I mean, the, the booking was a little all over the place. I definitely would have had Gage be the fourth labor and have him with, like, bandages and stuff. 
this week. Um, but I thought that, yeah, there was some fun stuff on this. And there was some, you know, <laughs> the QT Paul White thing. I thought that was the most WWE thing in the sense that, you know, they're very efficient at, at promos a lot of times in this company. And, you know, I always, you know, give credit to the Miro stuff. Even, you know, Brock talking was <laughs> Brock talking, but it was short and it was sweet. And now, you know, you want to see this match. But this this thing dragged, man. Um, it, it was uh, like seven, eight minutes. It was just fucking long. And you you know, like the most important thing to, to Paul White was, I want the crowd to think I'm going to cry like I would in WWE, but then I'm going to own, yes, that is my ass, and I'm proud of it. <laughs> so that was it was that was kind of stupid to me um but i think my my only complaint uh really besides yeah that, that segment sucked but is that uh i didn't love the way that the rusev kingston thing is set up i'm, I'm sorry miro kingston where miro just calls out kingston i think kingston's a dude who should call out miro I, think I agree that, with that, but I did love I Will Serve God During the Day and My Wife at Night. That was that awesome. That was fantastic. Yeah, that Very was great. Um, I mean, you look at the amount of stuff on this show, the amount of things that they're pushing at once. And, you know, the the, the real positive I could say is a lot of it is working. Uh, do I think that this is the best pay-per-view uh, they've had yet on paper? Absolutely not. But these fucking wrestlers are over with these fans. It's exciting. And, and, you know, um, with the whole rampage thing, they had a very delicate thing to do on this episode, which was get you excited for it, but not give it away. And it's like, if you just look at the TV, yeah, maybe punk is coming, but you're not sure. And that's how it should be. I think that is amazing. And, is it bold or is it is it is it a weird save? What what do you think them not announcing Punk is? Because the weird save, what I mean Stop, by that. Before is, you get into this, what did you say about QT? Oh, dude, every QT Marshall segment is just like a deleted scene from Grown Ups. It's like if Grown Ups <laughs> became a series on ABC Family or something. <laughs> and and uh... I, I think the big issue with QT and even the big show, even though, you know, he is this guy who's been in the business for so long and he's a giant and you get, you know, you get to be famous when you, when something's wrong with you like that. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, you go, it shouldn't be these guys. It could be, you know, that, that that's typically the, the idea is why QT when it could be anybody else. But with that being said, and maybe it is just the crowd reacting to it. You sit there and you go, well, they're hitting their marks. It's working. It's, 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 it's odd to me. Every time I watch a QT Marshall segment, I always go, that worked. I wish, I, I wish it wasn't him, but that worked. Scott, you're a nerd. QT That's Marshall is the greatest. Too. You don't know what you're talking yeah. about. He's the best. I, I think the you're problem wrong. Too is, well, he might be good. Last week we set up He's terrible. that we set up that Shivani's son was a wrestler. Now he's not even a part of the thing anymore. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, which they've already done that a lot, but shouldn't it be like Paul White and son of Shivani against QT and you know toilet son paper? Son of Shivani is the greatest wrestling name I've ever heard. <laughs> 
I said that last <laughs> week. I thought this was going to be a six man and Tony was going to get involved some way. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Because why else do you have guy in a big coat and uh, solo <laughs> a new balances on a pole match? <laughs> yeah, fucking a guy guy who's wearing his own paper mache uh, arts and crafts outfit. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> it's not good. But it was a great. It was a great episode of Dynamite. Fantastic. Yeah, good yeah. fun. And dude, all, there's almost a part of it with like AEW fan, or at least us. It's when you do see a QT Marshall segment, right? You are enjoying yourself. It's almost like they're serving the botchamania part of of yeah. our fandom. It's yeah, it's yeah. unbelievable what's occurring where we're sitting there going, "Yes, inject this into our veins. Inject this duty into our veins." It's so fun. It's, well, the way that it works, where it's like, company. you know, like they do it at exactly like 905. We're like, hey, we gave you a great fucking hour. We did our job. Now, <laughs> now we have to do our other job of putting this guy who runs the office on television. <laughs> <laughs> Good time. All right. Dude, Brock well, we Anderson, got... we've acknowledged that he looks more like John C. Riley than Arn Anderson, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I loved, I love the uh, MJF Jericho match. I would have done this at the pay per view, but you know, it was still yeah. fucking fun. I mean, look, unless because you know how, so, like, what if Jericho comes out next week and challenges him again? I'll fucking kill myself. I swear that'll be on a Patreon, but. Uh, but I will kill myself. I mean, honestly, I think that part of the reason why they did this, and I, I don't, I know nothing, is you need somebody to interrupt CM Punk. And Ooh. now that now that MJF is yeah, done, but Dar- Darby's going to be the guy. That uh, yeah, but that's you never know how that's going to. Okay, it, here- I think the Darby thing is is a weird ruse. Like Punk will want to face him at some point, but I think him coming out there and MJF tearing into him as the as the first because you need a big match for for all out mjf has nothing to do you can give darby something else somewhere else uh i and i also don't think that the fans necessarily want to see punk go up against their their burgeoning baby face because they want to just cheer punk and boo whoever the hell he's facing well and and you know that's a that's a that's a great point um also, I think with MJF is he's never lost, right? I, I, I yeah, he's he never lost in a twice. singles. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Um, I, I would assume his record is better than anybody else's. And so if Punk wins him, maybe storyline, they can go, oh, wow, Punk beat the number one guy. So the rankings, blah, 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 even though they need to destroy the rankings soon because they're hiring big name guys and they just got to fucking drop the rankings. Um, but, but, but that could happen. I think I think we're getting Darby at all out because it's like it's a fun fan service thing. Everybody's excited. And then you don't have MJF on the show. But at the end, this moment where CM Punk wins his first match back, MJF attacks him because you're already going to have the Chicago crowd has is going to see him the rampage before the uh, the dynamite before and this week's fucking show. So having him having his first match end with him getting his ass kicked, I don't think people will truly be upset, but it will be an awesome moment where they go, wow, we really hate MJF for this. And the booze will be insane. Here's the weird thing, though, with Darby. If you do yeah, Darby and Punk, guy. what do you do with Sting? Because now you have way too many uh, situations going on in one in one area. Is Punk going to interact with Sting? He can play cards with Colt Cabana backstage. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess, but also with Sting is you get this moment of CM Punk, you know, just even just nodding his head at Sting. I mean, my goodness. 
Yeah, I, I agree with Scotty. Boy, yo, 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 yoing. hundred percent. Uh, Scott, that could have that also could have happened if Punk stayed the rest of 2014. <laughs> <laughs> but I the one thing I want to say is, you know, because I know we all have expectations for uh this rampage show. The one, you know, it's a criticism we give of AEW, and I hope that they don't do this. They have to let punk have his moment and let it breathe and not rush it you know when you watch like a hogan return in in o2 and it's like it's a little self-indulgent the four or five minutes of just crowd applause but i think that's important and and to robert's point having someone that can then um interrupt that is good but you gotta at least let the guy have his moment back in his town The, the only i mean Unless it's it, the show opens with Darby comes out, he stands there waiting for like, dude, I'm, I'm not joking, a full three minutes, just have the crowd chanting CM Punk. And finally the music hits, he comes out and cuts a pro. I mean, someone interrupting him, it kind of would have to be MJF, right? Un- unless CM no, Punk called I, I, out I, I Darby. I think the way you originally said it was right. I think you have Punk come out, do the promo. I think you have Darby interrupt. And then I think you have... Uh, Punk and Darby at the pay-per-view and then MJF cuts them off. The Remember when Naito won the IWGP championship and they immediately transitioned to Kenton kill, Kenta killing, like kicking his head off? At yeah, the end of the yeah. Show? That was fucking awesome. Oh, like, it's the just, best. Yeah, just, just heartbreaking. Just, just rip that off. Do how, how about this? Because you do need the Punk moment. I would assume he goes on first because you want him to go long. You know, give him, give him that freedom, obviously. And then we'll shorten all the other shit. We'll shorten the private party match, you know? But you have him come out by himself. You have him cut his welcome back promo, his purpose promo, whatever the fuck it is. And then all he's got to do is look into the corner of the building and go, and I accept. And then it's just Darby standing, you know, high up in the risers. And then you got your fucking match. Let's go. Yeah, but in the darkest timeline, this opens with Tony Khan in the ring introducing Punk. Oh, very possible. Very possible. Guys, you'll never guess who I procured for, <laughs> for you all. <laughs> Papa, please give me my allowance. Yeah. I I think that they're going to close with it. Um, you look at the card, it's what? It's, it's cargo. Well, they can't post. close with it, Mike, because the main event is bigger than Punk returning, which is obviously John Moxley against uh, Garcia. Which will work and will be awesome. All right, Scott. It's going to be man. great. You're going to have you know some ever rise no, in the there. Cargo, the cargo match so. will be short. The cargo match will be a, a squash. The God willing. private party thing will probably open, but they, they will want people to watch their whole show and then end on Punk. They just have to. They just have I think to you put Punk out. in the middle of this show, buddy. I, I think you have private party and Jurassic Express open, and then you do the punk thing. No, I Dude, think if you, it was you WWE, open with him at punk host the show. Hold on, you open with him at t- well, the thing you're not understanding is it's ten o'clock at night on a Friday. You're gonna lose people by eleven o'clock at night for the most part. You want the most people to see this, so it's people that are watching SmackDown and going over and flicking over to AEW. So whatever closes SmackDown, you're gonna flip over to Rampage, and you're gonna see a packed crowd chanting for CM Punk, and then he comes out there and they explode. It's like they're doing the old Saturday night's main event where you're opening with your true main event. That's why they're putting that Moxley kid in there in the main event against uh, a big star like Garcia. You want to give the audience, you want immediately the trending topic from the, in the world to go from SmackDown to CM Punk. 
and they're going to take that and then they're going to run with it and it's going to wind up eclipsing SummerSlam. Well, that seems like a seamless SummerSlam prediction preview segment. Hey, dude, also uh, AJ Lee hopefully God damn comes it. back soon. I'm sorry, dude. I'm fanboying out about CM Punk for once. He'll, he's probably going to break my heart in two weeks when he walks out or something. Yeah, yeah, but then he'll, but then he'll be a correspondent on AEW backstage. <laughs> what if, yeah, what if they, what if they cut to like uh, CM Punk in the FS1 backstage segment? He's not even in Chicago. Uh, he's in the studio by himself, maybe with Mark Henry, like having the worst fucking interview of all time. Yeah, he's hosting the Dark Rampage Elevation uh, YouTube special. <laughs> hey, the most important thing that we are we're bearing the lead on is how. Excalibur relates to punk. That's really important. Hey, it's that guy that I wrestled with in 2000. <laughs> and then the pause, and they don't know what to call him. It's CM Black. <laughs> Phil, Phil Brooks. Yeah, it's Malachi <laughs> Brooks. Yes. Is that the guy who wrote an issue of Drax the Destroyer? <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, let's uh, stop talking about Mr. Girl on the Floor. It's time for the SummerSlam predictions. Uh, start out with Alexa Bliss versus Eva Marie Evolution. Who do you got, Scotty? I will say this. I don't hate this storyline as much as everybody. It, I don't hate the storyline. I hate the wink, but I don't hate the storyline. Yeah, it's all been like so silly. It's very who gives a shit. Eva Marie is kind of working. I think she'll do like two moves that make you go, wow, she did get better because everybody's standards are so low, you know? Um and yeah, obviously Alexa Bliss will win, right? I mean, unless the storyline is she loses and things get a little darker, you know? Very possible. Mike, who do you got? Um, me going to the bathroom. Robert. So the first, even if it's the opening match. Oh, the, yeah. the, that, is, that is less a joke yeah. about uh, the match being shitty and more about Mike's Crohn's. Robert, who do you got? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think that the winner of the match is going to be Eva Marie. And I think she's going to win because Dewdrop's going to wind up hitting her. Uh, and then you're going to, she's still going to be able to do her. I, you know, I win thing. I'd be into that. Why is why Dewdrop should become Lily, right? She should become possessed and just dress like Lily. Like dress as a doll. Yeah. Fuck it. No, I don't know. I mean, it can't be any worse. Almost an AJ versus Orton and Riddle. Who do you got, Scotty? I am going to enjoy this match very much. This is a tough one. I really like AJ and Almost as a tag team, even though I feel like they haven't done much as a tag team in terms of like matches. Oh, dude, it was so funny on Raw. They listed the people they beat, and it was like <laughs> yeah. three teams. Yeah, that, that's what I mean, where I go, oh, I'd like them to have a longer reign, but what, you know, what, is, what does the Raw tag title reign mean? So give it to Orton and, and Riddle. Uh, have that moment where Orton gets the RKO on almost by, uh, you know, getting the assist from, uh, but you, you know, having Riddle boost him up in some way. And yeah, uh, Riddle and, and Orton are going to win. Mike, who do you got? I think that you'll do um, Riddle and Orton and then have the wacky, they don't get along and they'll fight kind of thing and um i will still probably be in the bathroom because of my crones right you actually want to see this match it's just you know you have a you have an illness robert yeah, bring the computer into the toilet yeah yeah, yeah. All, right. all right well there you go we've best of both worlds uh robert who do you got almost an aj or orton and riddle i'm going beyond just the prediction and i'm going with what the finish should be which is aj climbs on top of omos 
leaps off, gets caught with an RKO and pinned. That's Hell the visual. Yes. They've set yeah. it up a couple weeks in a row. It's literally the only thing I'm hoping for because they've done that spot with AJ jumping off of Omos. That's got to be the only reason Randy Orton gives a fuck about this. And I think the show should open with this, dude. It's a huge crowd. Oh, I agree. This shit is dope. Open the show with this. We love everybody in the match. Yeah. Yeah, I Are agree. we also predicting the amount of uh, COVID infections in Vegas? Uh, I, I assume they're already all coming with COVID. Um, I, I agree. I think that it's going to be Orton and Riddle. I think they're going to be his short-term champions, and I think they're going to put it back on almost an AJ because I don't think the story is done being told there. By the way, have they made a porno called Coming with COVID yet? Not yet. I think that's every porno, though. Seamus versus Damian Priest. Will Damian Priest win, win Seamus's belt of gold? Uh, who do you got, Mike? Oh man, um, this is uh, this is rough. Uh, I <laughs> I'm gonna say that uh, priest priest is gonna win. Then he's gonna look into the audience to stare at an empty seat that he thought Bad Bunny would be sitting in. <laughs> uh, Scott, who do you got? Yeah, this is genuinely uh, worse than QT and Big Show. I don't, I don't like shit like this. It feels so empty, so beyond empty. Damian Priest wins because who cares? Uh, truly, who cares? It it makes me question life and time when uh, when when Sheamus is wrestling. I go, is it 2007, 2012, 2021? Dude, he's been at that company. Time is a like, flat circle. Yeah, he's been at that company 12 years at this point. Oh, it's such an empty feeling. And the, I know the matches are good, too. Like, you know, there's that little piece in the back of my head that goes, oh, they're working stiff. You know, people's chests are raw from chops. And yet I don't give a fuck. It's a bummer, and it's, you know, it's WWE's but, but Scott, fault. It's not but... Scott, you were happy about that Christian match last week. I thought you were a fan of flat circles. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that high spot, low face. spot. Speaking of empty feelings, Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal with the added stipulation. Well, hold on, I want to be able to defend Oh, Sheamus shit, I'm sorry, Jinder. Robert, Robert. I think Priest will win, but I will say, Scott, when they had a Damian Priest-Sheamus match a few weeks ago, it surprised me in how good it, it was. It was very good, I agree. And I think having a when you have a full stadium of people – I think you're going to get a pretty decent match out of this. I think you're going to be surprised. And next week when you're on here, you'll be like, hey, that didn't suck as much as I thought it was going I to. I promise you it will not affect it. It triggers whatever sadness I have. I go into deep, <laughs> dark thoughts. It's it's truly the most boring shit in the universe. Post-traumatic Seamus disorder. I got it. <laughs> yeah, man. There's something awful about it. And Scott's saying that in a Danny Garcia shirt that says <laughs> Fanny Garcia. Yeah. And I, I made it, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next he, up, we he got... made it out of Nick Camarado's jacket. <laughs> or his back hair. Next up, we got <laughs> Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal. The stipulation being that Jinder can't have Veer and Shanky there, but Drew is allowed to have his sword there uh, because I guess he's going to kill Jinder. Um, my, my prediction is it it's Drew, but this, my prediction is this will be the worst match of, of, of the show. Uh, Scott, what do you think? I think this storyline uh, over this week, like right now is going, Vince is going to find a way to make uh, these guys uh, from Afghanistan. 
<laughs> we are going to see whatever his thoughts are uh, on that situation in this match. And I think heads are getting cut off. That's only because they can't go to Saudi Arabia right now. <laughs> uh, it's like Saudi Arabia because he's always wanted to chop up a reporter. He's always wanted to chop up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god can you can you imagine if they kashogi Meltzer? oh <laughs> uh, man uh, 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 scott i mean mike who do you got for this oh man i i, I think your crones like... will be acting up again for this match <laughs> dude. <laughs> yeah, dude mike it's... is in the er during this show <laughs> it's that shitty uh, <laughs> i would say that um Drew is the favorite wrestler of the three guys who also have <laughs> swords named after their moms who passed away. <laughs> um, I, I think Drew wins this, and yeah, this is this is terrible. And I, I know, like today, Jinder was uh, defending his uh, uh, reign, his title reign from a few years ago, and saying he is actually a great champion. Um, no, he's not. Uh, he sucked, and this will suck too. <laughs> Robert, Robert, right. friend of Drew, friend of Drew, and friend of gender. So this is super uncomfortable. But <laughs> I think the thing is, they're both friends. They want to make this as good as possible. So they're going to go out there and beat the shit out of one another. The booking sucks. Nobody cares. The sword is fucking death. Um, Drew has to win. If he loses in front of a live crowd again, just put the just he needs to fall on the sword and be done with it. Oh, geez. And, and yeah, by the way, when we shit on these guys, I I, I, I do notice that it is the writing, right? Jinder Mahal yeah. might be fucking awesome. I really don't know. But Dude, he's not he's good. He's never in the been ring. written he's... well once. No, so. he's not. He's not good in the ring. You know, like he had, he had the, uh, what, the Bollywood boys. Uh, the, those guys were really yeah. great. Yeah. And his, his music is, is like legitimately one of my favorite theme musics. Um, Dan I mean, dances to it like the, <laughs> like the end I of the danced, movie. I, I, that's how I get Sarah in the mood. I dance uh, erotically. Dan, to Dan listens to it while ordering Indian food, but has it so loud that the guy on the phone can't hear him. <laughs> God damn it. I said tiki masala. All right. Ed, okay, what do you think of Great Kali as a worker? Scott, we have 17 matches to get through. Let's. Uh... Yeah. yeah. All right. Wait, and, you guys got any of that non? <laughs> no, 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 no. Edge versus Seth Rollins. Uh, my prediction is Edge will win and Seth will somehow scream so loud that his baby will go back inside Becky Lynch. <laughs> uh, um, no, I, I, I think this uh, is going to be a really great man. This, this, um, this uh, program, they've really knocked out of the park. Both guys have done a great job. Seth, I, I, I genuinely love Seth again, um, which I've been wanting to love him because he's he's such a talented worker. Scott, you got in this? Yeah, this is my favorite program on uh, on SmackDown, uh, and I think Edge is going to win, and I think it's going to be match of the night. Robert, it's going to be a great match. I think Seth's going to win you know, grabbing the tights or something like that. So he has the win to talk about. And then Edge spears the shit out of him after. But I think that Seth is the guy you have to go with going forward as one of your top heels post-draft. And Edge can afford to lose the match and still get the uh, 
the great visual moment because we have baby faces winning every other match so far. Mike. I mean, you know, if you put over a 47-year-old Canadian at the expense of a younger, hotter guy in his 30s, you might as well just be rampant. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I, I, I will say I think that this is going to be match of the night. I, I think that uh, it should be Seth that wins. Um, and I, I hope it is. Have you turned? Are you back to being a Seth Rollins fan, Mike? I think that this version of the character um, works. I think that, you know, it helps that this is what we needed from Edge, where it's not Edge versus Orton. It's Edge seeing a guy that was there when he was gone and being excited and wanting to work with him and them putting together the best program they can. The Usos versus Rey Mysterio and Dominic. Mike, who do you got? Um, I do not have... uh, the uh the court of uh, pensacola finally getting uso <laughs> fucking the fact that they're that, that nothing happened with that is disgusting um leave him alone man yeah What's that? come on he beats the guy system. hates a party <laughs> <laughs> i hate a party and i love pedestrians um, <laughs> so mike have you ever been to florida like yeah I yeah, normally, I normally I'm against hit and runs, but if it's Florida, you know, it's a victimless crime. Right? <laughs> I, I, I think, I think that, you know, the Usos are attached to, you know, your big dog. So I think the Usos will win. Robert, who do you got? Usos win. Dominic eventually turns on Ray. Cause that seems to be where they're going with this. No, seems is that? Be, no, they've been set. They've been setting up the last going, few weeks. hundred percent. He's going to reveal his dad really was Eddie, and it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. God, well, that's going to be the death of this poor kid. I mean, unless I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, Eddie's son? I think it'll be 10 it's years not later. Genetic, the he'll be fine. Oh, no. Oh, no. Scott, who do you got? Uh, I mean, I want the Usos, so I'll say the Usos. Next up, Nikki Ash versus Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley, a program. They have legitimately put a lot of work into and has legitimately not worked. Uh, I, I am, I'm, I'm going to go, dude, I'm actually, this is, I guess I'm going to go with Charlotte. Um, and somehow Rick will still find a way to bitch about her booking when she wins clean. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know. Hopefully this sets up a Becky return. Scott, who do you got? No, I think uh, Nikki Ash has to, become the superhero right it's SummerSlam. where i think charlotte's gonna velcro her shoes together and she's uh gonna get a quick band dude if, if the idea of this gimmick is to make little kids feel strong i mean jesus christ like what a terrible time to be a kid right now give the kids a win let nikki ash win in a in a real way we won't uh, give a shit but maybe some little girl somewhere will you know and she's gonna have to wear a mask uh this fall in school fucking so just the only problem scott is that if you've been watching raw the past couple weeks and lord knows robert and i have uh nikki is not over she's just not over um (laughs) yeah again the writing's not over yeah it's all uh uh robert who do you got I think uh, Rhea and Charlotte are going to have a great match. They're both going to have heart attacks and drop in the ring, and Nikki's going to fall on them and win, since that seems to be how they've booked her this whole time. 
Mike. Oh, man. I finally got out of the bathroom. Oh, no! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's perfect. Next up, we got Goldberg versus Lashley for the WWE title. Mike, who do you got? (laughs) Okay, come on. Hey, and the match is over. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've, I've, I've got Gage Goldberg and <laughs> ending up in therapy together 10 years from now and talking about how their dads damaged them by putting them on television every week. Dude, I, um, I, I, I think that Lashley should win this. Um, so maybe Goldberg does, but dude, that segment, uh, that, that, that final promo and the whole thing, like Goldberg has just wanted to wrestle because he hates that his kids on YouTube Googling him has <laughs> been the whole character. Like he could look me up, but he's got to see me really be a wrestler. It's like he has, you just don't wrestle long enough for him to pay attention. Um, the but big story I, I think the that, dirt yeah, like, this week is Riddle and Goldberg have squashed their beef. Yeah. I, I, I hope Lashley wins. Robert. <laughs> Oh, it's got it's got to be Lashley. And if this is the one thing from uh, his son's Google search history that he needs to correct, then uh, his kid's really good at clearing his browser. <laughs> um, Scotty, I miss Brock Lesnar. <laughs> All right, next up we have Roman Reigns, our main event. Uh, should be an awesome match. Roman Roman Reigns, Reigns, yeah, Bianca and Sasha. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Well, you right because I I'm really excited for this match. Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. It was a scare this week that they weren't that they uh, weren't going to be able to do it because they got pulled for some house shows. This program, like Edge and Seth, I think has been really good. I think it's been way stronger than a WrestleMania program, and and, and I love the WrestleMania match. So the, the match is different from the program. I got Sasha on this one. I think uh, I think that they're going to want Bianca to chase. I don't think Bianca is going to chase until like WrestleMania. I think she'll win. You know, at Survivor Series or or earlier, but I, I got Sasha winning this. Uh, Robert, who do you got? I think it's got to be it's got to be Bianca. I, I think that uh, if she loses now, the second time that she's in front of a huge crowd, it's going to be a disservice to her. And I think that they can still get a few more matches out of this. Uh, or after the draft, Bianca with the title going up against Charlotte or, or Rhea has value to it. Um. Scott? Yeah, I, I think Bianca wins. I think it will be the second or third best match of the night. Mike? I think that, yeah, Bianca should win, but they got to give her some fresh opponents. I mean, the fact that, you know, it's SummerSlam and we're They're, still... They already killed Zelina Vega, match. but... What's that? They already killed Zelina Vega. They totally killed her. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, yeah, this will be a great match, but yeah, Bianca's got to move on to other stuff. And our main event, Roman Reigns, the chosen one, the head of the table versus John Memberry, Memberry Cena. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I think this is my bold pr- prediction. I think Roman's going to win, and I think Biggie's going to cash in and win with the help of Cena. What, what do you got? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I do, but I, I just. That's interesting. You know, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think that they want to end on a high note. I think he got um, it back from Corbin. Yeah, but I, they've already said that that's not real. 
Like the, the Baron Corbin character, they've actually done a fantastic job with. As soon as he got the briefcase, like Michael Cole was like, yeah, that's not real. He can't do anything with that. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. That's a bummer. Uh, I thought that could have been stupid fun. Um, dude, I, I who did you say? You, oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. You think that's going to happen? I th- I want Reigns to win, so I'll say Reigns. I think it'll be a cool match. It's it's one of those things that I've I, I've been sitting around going like, oh, these two facing each other. That that's a big deal. And then you go, oh, they faced each other before, and I totally forgot that that happened. Uh, but it'll be. Oh, cool. I was there at No Mercy. It was like it was like a video game match. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be cool. I think Reigns should choke him out, but I don't know. You know, he doesn't need the title, but I. I think Reigns choking Cena out is a really big moment. Mike, who do you got? I think it'll be Reigns. I think that, um, you know, this match felt special. Then they've been on TV almost too much, which is rare. But, like, you know, when Cena first popped at the last pay-per-view and everyone was crazy, I think that he actually should have been gone for a week or two and and really – made it feel bigger uh the amount of promo time that they've gotten and i mean it's funny that it's like roman's whole thing is like how predictable and boring cena and his in his promos are um when roman does a lot of the same shit every uh <laughs> smackdown for hey, 15 it works minutes. it I, works I... but it's competitive also um but i yeah i think this will be a big match and i i think that it's cool that you have a match that feels like your main event, like that this is your two big stars um, at SummerSlam. I, I think this is this is bigger than anything they had at Mania. Definitely. Robert, who do you got? Yeah, this is, this is the WrestleMania main event we couldn't get. And they've done this a few times before. We've had Undertaker and Austin at SummerSlam 98. You had Rock and Brock Lesnar in 2002. There have been a few times where they've delivered a WrestleMania main event at John and Hogan. Sean, oh God, that, that, I, I tried Dude, to block I love that, that match. match. You so weren't Sean, there. Sean returning to Triple H at 02 yeah. is also yeah. fucking great. Scott, yeah. you, you, yeah. you, you weren't you weren't there, Scott. You weren't there. You don't understand. <laughs> um, but the, fa- the were, fact of the matter is... You were on the team at that point, right? Yeah. Um, oh, dude, we got to do a fucking Patreon about but, that. Yeah, oh, by all means, but... Uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, the, the, look, it's a, the, the story is great. They finally figured out the narrative on the story that John Cena was telling last week on SmackDown, which is Roman's going to kick my ass. Brock Lesnar kicked my ass before. All I need to do is outlast Roman one second longer than he can outlast me. And I'm going to get I'm going to break that Ric Flair that, record. That was really good. Yeah, that's that they good. finally kind of found the little nugget of a story there that makes this interesting and the fact that rick is no longer with the company and vince has such a hard on for these stupid records it's why punk kept the belt for longer than bruno and then it's why brock kept it longer than punk to spite him there's a small part of me that thinks that they're going to want to spite flair and put the title on john cena but at the end of the day roman is champion is where the money is Roman's going to carry this thing for a while. I don't think Big E's going to cash in here because I can hear the argument in the writer's room, which is Big E needs to cash in in advance and challenge Roman as a man one-on-one. And when he does eventually beat Roman, if that's where they go, he's a bigger star than he won in Vince's mind the coward's way. So I think Roman's going to wind up beating John Cena in the end. 
Uh, I don't think he's going to choke him out. I think there's way too much fear of that, but I think him pinning Cena and then Cena still getting the applause from the crowd after is, is kind of what they uh, kind of what they need. Though I would love if they have Cena get the applause after Roman goes in and just beats the shit out of him again. I would love that too. Yeah. All right, folks. SummerSlam's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to cover it next week. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch a WWE pay-per-view on a Saturday. So it's time to close with high spot, low spot. I'm going to – this is my spot of the week. I can't say if it's a high spot. I can't say if it's a low spot. If anybody watched Triple A Mania this past weekend and how it closed, (laughs) Psycho Clown uh, won against Fat Roman. I didn't take – I didn't get a chance to learn his name. (laughs) Um, and the match ended their, their kids were in the side of the, I think their kids were on, uh, were on, you know, in their corners and this guy had to have his daughter cut his hair off and the daughter was shoot crying. She was legitimately crying. And then I look over to the other side of the ring and psycho clown is dancing with his sons while this (laughs) happens. It was like a fucking twin peaks episode. Uh, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Uh, my high spot this week, there's a ton of high spots for me. Uh, you know, I, I thought the New Japan show was really great. The Finley and yeah. Jay White match was really good. Osprey coming back. Uh, uh, this this past NXT show, Robert Robert Stone, great comedy wrestler, all of dynamite. So many high high spots this week. Uh, really excited about wrestling. Uh, what was your high spot this week, Scott? No, my high spot was uh, the, the New Japan show, man. Just, yeah, uh, it was. I wasn't really excited for it going into it, uh, but then a lot of fucking things happened. What? Uh, the Gorillas of Destiny interrupted. The Good Brothers. Uh, Ishii and Moose was a great match. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, Hell yeah, dude. Osprey coming back and Osprey being the real IWGP heavyweight champion and he's going to be defending it in America is what it seems like is going to be happening, which is badass. A lot happened on the show, and it was all positives for New Japan, which hasn't happened in a while. So I was all in on this shit, man. I, I was freaking out. Yeah, yeah. And Abushi's back from uh, from injury too, so that's or sickness or whatever. The yeah, dude. The called. Tanahashi uh, Lance Archer match rule. Best Lance Archer match I've ever seen. Dude, just so uh, the yeah, the whole show was 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 awesome. Really awesome. Robert, uh, I mean, I said it before. I'm going to stick with it the crowd singing Judas when Jericho came out there. It was a manufactured moment that they wanted to create as organic. The audience was all in on it and they had a blast. And it was one of those times where you're like, this is why pro wrestling in front of a live crowd is a hell of a lot of fun. It was a truly, it was a genuinely memorable moment. And it felt like the kind of moments that WWE used to be able to produce a lot. And it was, it was just a, it was one of those moments you're watching it. Like, this is really fucking cool. And I love when that happens in wrestling. So that was my high spot. My other quasi high spot was, uh, and I, I talked to you guys about this. Uh, I watched the first episode of heels on stars, which is a really fun show. If you're a wrestling fan, um, it, it's, you know, it's Stephen Amell and I can hear Cody already jerking off, but it, it's a really well-written show. It's a well-produced show. You don't jerking have to be a wrestling fan. Uh, Sam Punk got the role. Well, Sam Punk's in one of the episodes, but there's a part in this episode where they're trying to explain the Ric Flair sting booking in WCW. And I'm like, this is on a scripted drama with actors. This is the best thing ever. And then the first episode was called kayfabe. Their second episode, which hasn't aired yet is called the dusty finish. 
So this is clearly written by people who love pro wrestling. Mike, you need to get a job on this show when The Rock blackballs you from Hollywood. Hey, look, I'm, I'm trying to get a job too, folks. Mike, uh, wh what do we got for high spot this week? I'm going to say, you know, we recorded this on Thursdays, so Rampage hasn't happened yet. But just the anticipation of Punk, it's exciting. Yeah, right. You know, um, we could say what we want about the last seven years, the MMA stuff. We had a fun roast about him. But, dude, the guy fucking energized a generation of people into loving wrestling again. And we're all excited to see him again. I don't know what's going to happen. And like I said, I haven't seen it. There's tomorrow uh, from when we record this. But I'm like jazzed. Like I, it's a fucking Friday, and I'm excited to watch wrestling at, at 10 p.m. and see this guy come back in his hometown and get the fucking hero's welcome. Because I think whatever cynicism we have or whatever criticism we have, it's going to go away the second we see these fans lose their shit for him. And it's going to be awesome. Mike, Daddy's do you want, do you want to see, uh, do you want to see Colt Cabana come out there and do the Jerry Lewis, Dean Martin hug? I would love that. I, yeah, I mean, that would be sweet, but then, uh, CM Punk has to give him a check. <laughs> yeah, that's true. What if it was like the naked gun, you know, the end of the naked gun where like CM Punk and then Hulk Hogan hug. And then you look in the audience and it's Arn Anderson and Sid, and then it's, you know, <laughs> I don't know the ghost of Jimmy Snuka and yeah, Obi Wan family. Kenobi. <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna say that it's like um, that uh, Colt is like the the OJ character in Naked Gun. He's just gonna be down a freeway on a wheelchair. <laughs> oh, I could see that happening too. What was your low spot this week, Mike? Christian beating Omega. Uh, hey, that was mine too. Fucking awful, especially because <laughs> then Andrade decides to uh, you know lose for whatever machinations between triple a and uh aew you, you know why uh, it why is especially like, why especially psycho clown psycho they want the psycho clown omega match i'm not making that up yeah yeah they do yeah but i i think that um this version of christian the way this match was set up with only two days of notice now we're gonna get another match within two weeks uh I know I, 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 it's a false premise if I say Christian isn't over. I know that he's over with this fan base, but he just doesn't do it for me. Um, I think he's, he's probably a great dude. Jay Riso seems like a fun guy to hang out with, but Christian beating your unbeatable world champion in 2021 is fucking embarrassing. That's, that's what I think. Yeah, I, agree. I, I, I think, I think on. Hey, I mean, again, like I said last week, I don't, I don't want fucking Christian beating Kenny Omega. You know what I mean? But the match itself, the way it was laid out, flawlessly laid out to the point where I honestly rewatched the match. Like any and all of Christian's offense was either a reversal or ducking an Omega move, right? He was never on top, not once. Like literally not once. There was no authentic offense like Omega had. I don't care match. though. I, I don't wait, care. Wait, wait, but even when he hit the spear and when he hit the frog splash, he couldn't follow it up, right? Because Omega, uh, like, dude, those are his finishers. I know, I know the spear, you go, what the fuck is this thing occurring? But it's one of his finishers. So is the frog splash. Those are his finishers. And I know you don't know that, but people know that. And it's like, you know, for Jim Ross this week to say, you know, Christian versus Kenny Omega was, was the best uh, match I've called in years. I, I genuinely believe him. I think, 
look, I don't agree that it was the best match I've seen in years, but I think the psychology of it was unbelievable. Like Omega lost to himself. Like even like the low blow the at the end, Kenny could have pinned him there, but he still called out the Bucks. He well, lost, even the fact that he doesn't believe Nakazawa, in himself, like Hangman doesn't dude, believe in it himself. It doesn't matter. He but lost the he, TNA he, Hangman drinks. Dude, he lost the He's TNA. The same guy, but they went down God different roads. Dude, he lost the yeah. TNA championship before the AEW championship. It makes your title secondary. How no, can you not? But it this? didn't. You're just making that up. I, I'm I, not making it up. It's true. How is it true? It's not relevant, dude. You know. Okay. Do you think honestly, are you gonna watch TNA this week because it's a bigger title than AEW's? No. I probably because would. You're but full we're of shit because that's not a real time. thing. I know it's a thing you think you're supposed to say, but when you watch it and it works out, you just gotta go. Hot damn, that worked out. Oh my god, man, you're such an AEW. They book a better artist. show than us. I know. Fans are used to booking better than the show. They did a great job. And now the story, look, I know we don't give a fuck, but the match is going to be better. They did hold back, even though this match was fucking great. They did Scott hold back. turned his camera off because there are tears streaming down his face. You know it. And a hard on. Dude, you it's fucking born again Christian awesome. man. It worked out. I, spoiler <laughs> alert. The, the, that's good times. But uh, <laughs> I, dude, but here's, here's my thing, right? And, oh, and wait, on the anniversary of Kenny Omega winning the G1, which is like his grandest achievement, and now look at the scumbag. What do you have the shirt on a calendar, Meltzer? What the fuck? Because he's not the real cleaner. He, he's trying to get back to his best self, and he thinks this is it, and it's not. Yeah, Scott, are you, Scott, are you here's the G1 win, guys. Hold on, Scott. Scott here's you... the challenge with this. I, I, I want to make a genuine point for my Cena promo. Scott, are you trying to be the son that Dave Meltzer always wanted to have? <laughs> he's not going to be there for you. He's still going to love wrestling more than you. No, I think the challenge with the match was, uh, num- number one, if you are an AEW fan and you're invested in the story and you're invested in the world of kayfabe, there are two things you want to see. You want to see Christian win a title since this is his big comeback, and you want to see Kenny Omega get his comeuppance. And they just gave that to you on free television. So now you're less excited for the pay-per-view because you had the emotional release. I think it weakens all out. I don't think it ruins the match, but I think it you've taken those moments away. If building up to WrestleMania 17 and it's Rock and Austin, and then three weeks beforehand, I just watch Austin pin the Rock. Well, I got I had that emotional moment. I saw what I was supposed to see. I got the catharsis. I don't hate Christian the way that Mike does or the, or the feelings that Dan does. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's terrible. I think there's a story to tell there. What's unfortunate is they gave away moments that they should have saved for the pay-per-view because that was the, the thing you were supposed to get. Brother, this ma- I promise you, you're going to watch this match it all out and go, hot damn, they had more. I hope so. Well, how I would could be, that be thrilled, because but you're Kenny taking Omega a risk. But you know what? I said this before. The they could have done a six-man to open Rampage to give you a huge match and do the Elite against Jurassic Express and Christian. Christian still could have pinned Kenny Omega to get into his head. You didn't need to have the title win. You had a bunch of stuff you could have done, and it would have been fine. It sucks that now I've seen Kenny lose one of his titles. I've seen Christian get a championship. You, you've given the audience things that they were waiting for that there could have been a better payoff for. And I think that's the only thing that sucks. They were building a good story and they blew it. And if you have Punk coming in and Brian coming in, there's more money in an undefeated 
Kenny in this iteration. Hundred uh, percent. Also, I think that Nakazawa wasn't there. I disagree. I don't think there. there's more money in it. I think that's made Nakazawa up. wasn't there. The Good Brothers weren't there. They didn't even have all because the people Kenny's that he undefeated. Had. Nakazawa was busy trying to get that chick thing. magnet shirt for Kenny Omega. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it was inconsistent. And, yeah, and I don't hate so many I, viewers from it. Yeah. I don't hate I, Christian. I, I'm indifferent to dummies. Him. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, Christian, Christian seems like I say he seems like a fine guy. It's just this version of him as a relevant main eventer doesn't work. But there is a small sect of our like Facebook group that lives for this moment, which is Scott railing against the three of us on some weird hill he's going to die on because we're all old men and and he's. Uh, you're a you're a millennial, right? I, I, I just don't think I, I, I think you're I think you're underestimating the the in-ring storytelling capabilities of Kenny Omega and Christian. I think all that was gonna be nuts, and you're gonna go hot dog. I guess you know, even if you barely tell a story outside of the ring, the story in the ring could really make the fuck out of a feud. I think yes, during the match, I'm gonna go hot dog. I'm gonna eat that hot dog. <laughs> so my is gonna kick in. <laughs> yeah. Look, it, it's no Damien Pre Sheamus. Let's all just agree to that. That's true. All right. Well, we're gonna put it on our uh, Facebook as a poll. Uh, is Scott or uh, the old man? Uh, no, no wrestling for old men. Um, yeah. It, it is no Damien Priest Sheamus because Sheamus was a better ECW champion than Christian. <laughs> Robert, oh. what was your low spot this week? Other than this conversation right now. Um, <laughs> Mike brought up a point about how we're all genuinely excited to watch Rampage tomorrow night on under tonight for those of you watching it on TNT. Like there's a genuine excitement to it. There was a feeling I had going into watching Raw this week that made this feel like this is such a chore. This was the labor of Robert this week was having to sit through a show that I genuinely loved and used to feel this way about getting excited to watch Raw. There was nothing over the course of this three-hour slog of a television show that was really worth our time, other than the fact that I was going to be tweeting about it for fun and that Dan and I were going to be talking about it for something to sports entertainment with. It's so joyless. It's so bland. It's so just dead on arrival. My low spot this week was dreading watching something that I truly loved and know that it can be better because SmackDown's a good show. NXT is a good show. Raw needs to be slightly better, and I think that just kind of bums me out. Scott, what was your low spot this week? Ooh, that is a tough one. Uh, I I didn't there, look. There's a few things. There's like, okay, I'll ju- I'll just hmm, I I do want to just pick one. Okay, one thing I didn't like is you know okay, so Ric Flair had a fun spot at the Triple Mania show. And then people going online and being mad at him for some reason, for getting physical, like they're his uh, kids or something. Leave the fucking guy alone. He's allowed to do what he wants to do. If he wants to have another match, he's allowed to have another match. Like, I keep thinking back to, like, you know, this idea of that that Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, the send-off, the WWE send-off, is the greatest send-off anyone could ever possibly get, right? It is. But... When he returned to fight Hulk Hogan in Australia, we all got mad at him and we were wrong. He's allowed to do what the fuck he wants. The WWE is just a company. He's a wrestler who's wrestled in a bunch of companies before WWE. And uh, yeah, I think- Did you just take out a Rubik's Cube? Yeah, dude, Mike just plays with toys the whole show. Yeah, and, I have my Iron Man toy. And plays. you know that's what he's it, doing yes. at Dynamite. He goes, well, I didn't like the Christian match. No. And I go, he well, he does is it because you point... were swinging Storm no. around? He does it at the point, Scott, when you, when you, you turn in. Did you tie Storm to your fan, Mike? 
and turn it, it on when you turn into like the Fox News correspondent that's when this happens when, when suddenly you you turn into like the Tucker Carlson of professional wrestling Mike's gonna just reach for a toy rather than change the channel we gotta get you a bow tie and a jacket and, and a my pillow it's every a thing time Mike's you go down these told him to do. can I just can I just say that Scott's autism triggers my autism <laughs> Mike has therapy toys <laughs> their, their puzzle pieces fit together yeah and i have to keep buying new ones because they don't work anymore <laughs> <laughs> um all right folks um wow this was a really fun episode um next week we got the roasted jbl uh for show in hell we're gonna you know just because it's gonna be a long show we're covering SummerSlam. we're just gonna be looking at the stevie richards receipt uh jbl uh beat up um blue meanie at uh, one what one night stand, I think. Yeah, yeah. Thank oh, you. God, you be one night stand, yeah. and uh, we're going to be looking at the the nasty chair shot Stevie Richards gave him as a as a comeuppance. We're all going. We're also going to be like I said, reviewing SummerSlam. We're going to be reviewing Dynamite. I firmly believe we have the best Patreon in the podcasting wrestling world. Maybe maybe the entire world. Uh, you can get a ton of all right. My dogs are fighting again. Even all your right. dog didn't believe that. Yeah, yeah. Um, why? Well, uh, we we got some. We've already the dogs had, like listen to Robert talk about Raw by himself. It's Raw. <laughs> if, 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 if you become a five dollar Patreon right now, and and people who are new to the podcast, you get the roast to CM Punk. You get the roast to Jim Cornette. You get the roast to Teddy Hart. You get the roast to Billy Corgan. You, new Jack. A new Jack, for God's sakes. And uh, and you're also going to get um, our show dropping Monday, which we review the first ever TNA pay-per-view, and we talk about CM Punk's debut on Rampage. Or we talk about it not happening. And in Chicago how burning to the ground, yeah. Yeah, I'm burning in Chicago burning to the ground. But, but we will, if, if CM Punk doesn't return tomorrow, we're going to play a game called How Does Scott Rationalize It? And if you... <laughs> get his answer correct you are also a loser brother i will not you, you guys will be going hey i sent the zoom invite and i won't be answering i'll be <laughs> at the bottom of the hudson river <laughs> and, and if you become a ten dollar fan you get an extra show every week me and robert reviewing some show it could be any show this week we're going to be reviewing uh nxt which we hardly we hardly talked about during this. Uh, it really is like the end. It could be the NXT series finale. And I mean, it's going to be a great show, man. I mean, you got Samoa Joe and Karrion Cross. You got Adam Cole, who may be on his way out versus Kyle oh. O'Reilly in a, in a best out of three series. You get Dragunov and Walter again, which uh, that was like the match of the year last year. You yeah, get that'll steal the weekend technically but yes you know, yeah. that'll steal the weekend from from you know it'll be a CM work Punk's standpoint i guess yeah yeah it's just there's a ton of really great matches on the show well there's five great matches and then it's going to end with it pulling back and it's a snow globe in shane mcmahon's hand <laughs> <laughs> so check it out we have a five-star review for us on itunes become a patreon member like i said join our youtube our facebook follow us on twitter post about us on uh message boards guys we're trying to make this a thing check us out <laughs> mike what do you got uh you can follow me on mike lawrence comedy on instagram and i am active in the facebook group a lot of funny uh creative people there oh and shit i need to read the twitter question oh shit yeah 
I'm really sorry about that. Um, so the Twitter question this week was uh, because of the Max Caster thing. I asked people, uh, "What is well, the what's first thing?" If you guys don't you? know, Max Caster apparently his push has been put on ice in AEW or any any sort of traction because of the uh, controversial Simone Biles rap that he dropped on AEW Dark a couple weeks ago. Yes, and so. He apparently uh, was going to get sensitivity training classes. And so I asked our, our beloved uh, fans, our forbidden dorks, what's the first thing they teach you? Which, by the way, guys, a- shirt's coming soon. Yes. What's the first thing they teach you in an AEW sensitivity training class? So we have at Bleeding Blue 20, never mentioned the Bucks' lack of height, muscularity, masculinity, or tone uh deaf booking do compliment their hair plugs though <laughs> at promographic can you have to begin by respecting people's lifestyle choices it doesn't matter that qt marshall's wife nicknamed him cody what a woman desperately wants her husband to turn into is her business and not yours and <laughs> c Bowers says if you're rapping about someone under five feet tall it better be marco stunt <laughs> at dave caffarel they just have Jake Roberts tell stories, and once he leaves the room, they tell everyone, just don't do any of that. <laughs> At SS Clay Davis, don't repeat anything Jim Ross says about Sonny Kiss. <laughs> At Bertland 19, you're not allowed to ask how uh, Tony's dad made his money. <laughs> At BS Jim 837, great classes like current <laughs> wrestling etiquette with Jim Cornette, political training with Chris Jericho's wife, and how to discipline children with QT Marshall. All the sensitivity classes at AEW University. <laughs> at SCW Regal 444, Red Velvet and Brandy are not, in fact, the same person. <laughs> at the Jason Sigler, Cody is working through something, so just be cool with him, okay? <laughs> at Hate Yo Kids, pushing someone into exploding objects or attempted murder by throwing them off the side of a cage is okay. But you're a character because you're a character doing a stunt, but making a rap about your opponents in character is bad. Words can hurt people. <laughs> At Pharrell uh, Comedy says, I assume it's just Scott Chaplin stroking their head and whispering sweet nothings. Selling isn't important. How many more people you want in your faction, bro? <laughs> At SmartNado781, we won't tell you the rules, but if you break them, we'll sell you out. If you get someone's name wrong repeatedly, it's a microaggression, but not if JR does it. Never mention Shivani's earrings, but do sensitivity training and we'll hire your friend on the first episode of Rampage. <laughs> At the LaCroix boy says, no, Cody, you can't say the N-word because your wife is black. <laughs> At Drig Orcs, you're allowed to smack a coworker on the ass as long as you slap your leg while doing so. <laughs> And show off 1984. Uh, Scott Chaplin is at the front of the class yelling at everyone. Christian winning the title was perfect. You're all fucking idiots. <laughs> How did he know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, folks, what a what a uh, awesome Scott. What do you got next week? Uh, uh, Scott. What What do you mean next week? What does that mean? Well, I know. I mean, what do you got to promote? Sorry. Oh, I don't know. Scott underscore Chaplin uh, on Twitter and Instagram. The Wrestle Roasts. Uh, Twitter or Patreon, which is a blast. That's really it. I didn't like the Cena rain segment. Uh, 
last Friday. I, I thought it was really bad. Uh, and that's it. <laughs> All right, Robert. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WWCreative underscore ISH. And to my buddy, Zach, I know you're listening to this while trying to put your, your daughter to bed. So I hope that Grayson falls asleep. Uh, if not, just play back Scott's uh, old New Japan reviews and that'll put the kid right out. <laughs> well, let's say goodbye from our Zach. Zach, what do you got? Wash your hands. That's true. Delta variant. Big deal. Which <laughs> it sounds like a terrible gimmick. Maybe that... Bra- that should be Bray's new gimmick in AEW. He just comes out as the Delta variant. Yo, dude, I didn't I didn't want Bray to go to AEW, and then I found out his 90-day no complete uh ends October 29th, which is the Friday dynamite right before Halloween. And I'm like, bitch, you better dress up. It's the Boogie Oogie <laughs> man from Nightmare Before Christmas. Bray ass pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. We'll see you next week. What a blast.